0: And uh, I'm going to share those Bible verses from a version called The Word on the Street. Come on, get up close and personal with him, the living stone. The one the builders chucked in the dump, but God lifted out again, saying, priceless. As you do, you too are like living stones, being built in to the spiritual skyscraper God is constructing. You're being picked out as God's representatives, standing in the middle, making sacrifices God welcomes because you're connected with Jesus, the liberator. It's like Isaiah put it, look. Here's the foundation stone, fixed in Jerusalem's rock. This foundation stone is priceless and select. Those who comply with him, who rely on him, you won't be able to mock. You're into this, so you understand that this stone is priceless, but it's gone over most people's heads. The stone the builders chucked in the skip has become the crucial foundation stone. Crucial foundation stone. But they see it as a boulder for stumbling over, a rock that blocks their path. They trip and go flying because they won't take the teaching on board. That's their fate. But not you lot. No, 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 no. You are the select the chosen ones, royalty in the role of God's reps to the people, an outstanding nation of ambassadors for God. You live and breathe to profile and celebrate the one who lifted you from the rubble heap and set you in his brilliant light. Once you had no national identity, now you are passport holders in God's nation once, you only had what you deserved. Now, God is giving you breaks you would never have expected.
1: Just about a year ago, I was in the north of Israel, uh, standing under a big outcrop of rock. Um, In Jesus' time, it was a place of incredible religious significance. Previously, uh, it had a different name, based on the the god Pan. It it was believed that Pan, the god of nature, was was born in a cave there. There were Jews that believed the source of the Jordan came out of that cave. Even now, the little niches in, in the rocks all around where people bought their idols and, and put them there. Caesarea Philippi it had been dedicated to Rome, a, a big white temple built there. And Jesus went to this place that in so many ways represented the backcloth of the world's religions and superstitions, and said to his little band of followers. Well, who do men say I am? Well, some say you're this and some say you're that and some say you're John the Baptist. Well, who do you say I am? And a young fisherman called Peter said, we believe you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And he spoke to them of a... This one? Okay. And he, and he spoke to them of a rock and a building and a church. And when he was old, Peter wrote what you have just heard of a rock and a building And a church. And these are remarkable words we have uh, read together tonight. God building something, built on the cornerstone of Jesus and living stones as a part of it. It's as if God is saying, this is what I think of the church. I want you to see it from my perspective. You know, ladies and gentlemen, all our lives, we walk around with our spectacles on, We see people in certain ways. We see our husband or wife in a certain way. We sometimes miss that incredible potential that's within them. We see our kids in a certain way. We see ourselves in a certain way. We see the church in a certain way. And this is God saying, I want you to know what I think about my building, and I want you to know what I think about the living stones, you, that are part of it. You know, when I I think of uh, church, an image comes to mind of my childhood. My mom and dad didn't go to church, but they sent me to a little gospel hall on the corner of my street to Sunday school. I was four years old. I can still smell Sunday school. I can smell the varnish on the pews. I can smell the leatherette of the covers of the golden bells, hymn book. And I can still remember some of those songs. Incredible songs. I mean, this band are incredible tonight. But they had nothing on Miss Williams and her songs. (laughs) Miss Williams taught me a song like this. If you're very, very old, you might know it. Running over, running over. My cup's full and... Okay, don't get carried away. And, 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 you know, Miss Williams was very safety conscious, so she had a second verse. Crossing over. Crossing over. Take great care when crossing over. If you look both ways, you will live for many days. And those people taught me what was right and what was wrong. They told me that uh, watching television on a Sunday uh, was wrong. Walking in the park on a Sunday was was okay. In fact, we had one elder, and on Sundays, he used to put a towel over his television set uh, to cover the screen. I remember one night we called on him. One Sunday night after our youth group, we called on him by surprise. I remember ringing his bell. I wondered why it took him so long to, to answer the door. And when I got in there, I touched it and the towel was warm. But as I got even older, they scared the life out of me. They said, what if Jesus comes back and you're in the cinema? One elder said, it's not called a sin, Ima, for Nothing. And all that, they, told me, I listen, listen, we joke, but I love, those people led me to Jesus. But they did form my view of life in many ways. They taught me about sex. You may laugh at this and you may not even believe it, but it's true. Dan and I were going out since we were 16 years old. And I remember an older man from church came and he wanted to tell me about sex. He, He wanted to keep me pure. Now, you will not believe the naivety of kids of 16 in those generations, but I believe what he told me. He said, what you have to be careful about. And he screwed up his eyes and looked at me darkly. Is getting locked. <laughs> I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, it's possible in sexual intercourse to get locked. <laughs> and I said, well, what, 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 what would happen to us if we got Locked. Well, he said, you have to go to the hospital and be unlocked. I can tell you the thought of Dan and I sidling down the road towards the hospital was enough to keep me pure for eternity. In fact, we didn't have sex for the first time until I was about 50. (laughs) It was all I knew. And let me say it again. I've smiled, but I loved, and I love those people still. It was my church. In fact, for all practical purposes, my local church may as well have been the church. Only people who worship like us. Really pleased God, I believed. Baptists might have slid into heaven if there was a back door somewhere, but certainly not into our morning meeting. Then I went to college, and I met people who loved Jesus and seemed to know Jesus, but they weren't from the gospel hall. Weirdos. (laughs) Presbyterians and Methodists and Anglicans and worse. I am told by an American friend that all these denominations were real. Walking through the city late one night, I came upon a man about to jump off a skyscraper. I said, Wait a minute, don't you believe in God? He said, I do. I said, Really? Are you a Christian or a Jew? He said, I'm a Christian. I said, Me too. You Protestant or Catholic? He said, A Protestant. I said, Me too. What denomination? He said, Baptist. I said, Me too. Northern or Southern? He said, Northern. I said, Northern Conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist? He said, Northern Conservative Baptist. I said, me too. Northern Conservative Reformed Baptist or Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist? He said, Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist. I said, me too. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes region Or Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Eastern Region? He said, Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region. I said, me too, this is incredible. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1879? Or Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912? He said, Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. I said... Die heretic and pushed him. (laughs) Peter is saying no, 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 no. Peter built a building. A building was Jesus' last prayer, practically. Father, I pray within 24 hours he was dead and buried. Father, I pray there may be one that the world may believe you sent me. And Peter shows us the church as God sees it. It is not perfect, but it is a brilliant, vibrant body of one people. Do you think that Peter didn't know there were hassles in church life? Do you think he didn't see all the difficulties and troubles in the churches that he visited? He did. But these words are not only factual, they're aspirational. He's saying, see how great your calling is. Live out your calling. Be transformed into the kind of church God sees you are. Years ago, I went on tour with the, uh, 25 years ago, with the author and apologist, Josh McDowell. He said an incredible thing to us fathers. He said, when your son cheeks his mother, don't say to him, don't cheek your mother. Say, don't you dare cheek my wife. He said, when you say that, you honor your wife. And as your kids see you honoring your wife, they'll get the message. This is God saying, hey, this is my church. You might look at it with all kinds of funny glasses on. The world may not like it. The media may rail against it. But this is my church. This is the bride of Christ. And he speaks of building something. And the building is full of surprises. First, the cornerstone. He said, you know this cornerstone? And the cornerstone was the bit that you began the building with. It put the walls together. Foundational. He said, they didn't want this stone. Peter had only just denied Jesus when the carpenter stood in front of Pilate, a man representing perhaps the greatest power in real terms our world has ever known, Rome. And Pilate said, don't you know I have power to release you and to crucify you? Don't you know I can pin you to wood with nails? And the young carpenter said, no, 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 you have no power at all unless it were given you from above. And Pilate said, we don't want this stone. And the Jewish people said, we don't, we don't want this stone. Away with him. We, we don't like this stone. If next Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, you go to Rome. And you wait in St. Peter's Square. Eventually an old man will come onto a balcony. You will be surrounded by archaeological remains of that great time of Rome. But an old man will come onto a balcony. And if you are lucky, you will see him. And he will raise his hand over the tens of thousands of people in St. Peter's Square. And he will bless them. In the name of the carpenter in the name of the carpenter and God said this stone that nobody wanted I have made the foundation I am the one who builds the foundation is Jesus you know Rick Warren uh, began his book the purpose-driven life with these words it's not about you And once we realize that in local church life, everything changes. It's not about you and it's not about me. This is his building on his foundation stone about Jesus. When we began to tour the world with the message of bringing home the prodigals, somebody at the very beginning gave me a prophecy given by an old man. When the father's house is filled with the father's love, The prodigals will come home. Ladies and gentlemen, you can have the church of your dreams. If you are strong enough and you fight for it and you have enough clout and money and power and you drive your church leader crazy, you can have the church of your dreams. You can have worship where you swing from the chandeliers or use the old green hymn book. You can have the building this way around or that way around. You can have a yellow carpet or a blue carpet. You can have the church of your dreams but your prodigals won't come home. Because it's not about you, and it's not about me. Joseph Richardson was a New York millionaire. He owned a plot of land five feet wide in the middle of a very prestigious uh, block of houses. Millionaire's row. And he wanted to sell his little five feet wide bit of land to one of the people either side of him. And they owned very expensive houses. And he put a very inflated price on that little piece of land. And they wouldn't buy it back on them. And he built a tiny little house in that five feet uh, lot of land. It brought the value of their houses down. In fact, they say it brought the value of the whole road down. But Joseph Richardson ended up living in that house. People called it the spite house. You can build a lean house. You can build a small house. You can build a church that suits you, that is just like you, down to the ground, but it won't be built on Jesus. And you have to live in it, perhaps, all of your life. What are we building? Peter says, we are not just building foundations. God is building with living stones. They're not breeze blocks. The joy is they're all different. And the problem is they're all different. And you know, in the ancient world, the individual was not the main thing, but the whole, the community, the sense of togetherness of these stones. Do you have difficult people in your church? We are meant to have difficult people in our church. We're meant to rub along with them if at all possible. It's not meant to be a breeze. As we hurt each other, forgive each other. Jesus said, look, invite your enemies to your parties. You can have people who love worshipping like you and doing all the things you do in any old club in the world. Get your enemies to your parties. You are living stones. It's not about you. It's about community. It's about togetherness. It's about the building. Time and time again, the New Testament says that. You are a body and the eye can't say to the head, I don't need you. And heaven looks at this incredible building of living stones. Sometimes rubbing each other the wrong way, hurting each other, but a building of stones. And sometimes you see somebody leave the wall. And it's almost as if they're searching for a new wall with a hole in it that looks just like them. And they find it and they say, oh, this is better, this is lovely. But after a while, they start rubbing again and friction comes and now they look for a new wall. Guys, it's not always possible to stay in the same church. I understand that. But fight for it if you possibly can. If you possibly can, strive with the difficult people. Strive with those who hurt you. Forgive as fast as you can. Jesus said, if you forgive, you will be forgiven. Let people off the hook as fast as you can. Don't get screwed up over buildings or colors of carpet. Or Don't do that. This is the building on Jesus. But this passage did not only have a high view of the church but of the individual living stones you know ladies and gentlemen in our lives there are two opposing problems one is that we have too high a view of ourselves we get proud and the other is that so often we feel rubbish we just feel rubbish there might be somebody here tonight and you just feel like that You feel unattractive. You feel you've got nothing to give. You even feel unloved. You even feel Jesus wouldn't want you. Mike Iaconelli is dead now, but he wrote an incredible book called Messy Spirituality. And he said, sometimes it's as if I'm on the beach and Jesus is there. And he turns and says, would you like to follow me? And I say, yes. And Jesus says, no, no, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the man behind you. Sometimes we we feel like that. I love that story in the New Testament. Jesus is on his way to raise Jerry's daughter from the dead. And there's a big crowd of people. And in the crowd is a woman. She's got a blood disease, essentially. It made her unclean. If you touched her, you had to go home and wash from head to foot. And somehow she hears that Jesus is coming to town. And that gives her the courage to do something she hadn't done for a while. She comes out amongst people again. And as she sees him walking by, she sees not only her last hope, but her only hope. And she reaches out and just catches the edge of his cloak. And it's as if a film freezes. Somebody touched me. Lord, everybody is touching you. What are you talking? No, somebody touched me. It was me. Oh, daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Daughter. Isn't that lovely? Daughter you are special, you are loved, I would love you as if you were my daughter, your faith has saved you, you matter, you are somebody, he would say to you tonight, you are special, Peter says you're a royal priesthood, you're not just a king, you're a priest, isn't that an incredible thing, no ordinary Jewish person could conceive of being a king. It was the line of David. You could only be born into it. You're not only a king, you're a priest. Is that not enough for you? Then you are the people of God. How do you feel now? You are a chosen purple person, a child of the king. You are a royal priesthood. You are a citizen of a holy nation. You are his own special people. And when we grasp that, it gives us the power to believe even the little things can make a difference. When we know our place in the wall is secure, that Jesus is glad we're there, no matter what anybody else thinks of us, then nothing else really matters. Wherever I go in the world these days, I tell the story of a little living stone that they told me about in a church in America. I met the pastor. She didn't have a lot to give. She was near death, in fact. A young hell's angel was dead to come to church one day. He had enough ironmongery in his face to open a small hardware shop. He had long, greasy hair. On these initials, I hope this won't offend you, he had a tattoo, F-U-C-K, and on this hand, Y-O-U. That was his statement to the world. And somebody dared him to come to church. He not only came to church, he walked right down the front, sat right where you are now. And fortunately for him, there was a living stone in that church. Marge Staples. Marge didn't have a lot to give. In fact, Marge was almost 90 years old now. And, and Marge just felt that her calling was to love people. And when possible, and they were young and they looked a bit on their own, she hugged them. Oh, young man, she said, Come here, let me hug you. It's so lovely to see you in church. Marge Staples hugged people. He didn't stop crying apparently till the preacher finished speaking. Gave his life to Christ that night. Six weeks later, a consultant plastic surgeon in that church gave him a skin graft to remove the tattoo. Frankly, you had to because the kid was offending people as he was (laughs) worshipping. When they baptised him, the wounds hadn't quite healed from the graft and he had little plastic bags over his hand with rubber bands as he went under the water. I want to be like Marge Staples. I want to be like Marge who believed that she had something to give, no matter how small. Do you believe that? You are a son or daughter of the living God. Sir, you are a son of God. Madam, you, you're a daughter. I, you might feel like rubbish. You might feel nobody loves you. You've got nothing to God loves you. God thinks you're special. He's glad to have you in his building. Four weeks ago, I was in uh, Swaziland. Swaziland has... Uh, Uh, The highest rate of AIDS per population in the world. One in four people, HIV uh, positive. And I spoke at this event and they had a little choir. And then a little girl of five stood up proudly. She, She puffed her chest out and she recited something to us. She had no teleprompt. She had no cards in front of her. And as I looked at this kid, I thought somebody has put such love into this girl's life, such positive thoughts of God. This kid had such a sense of her destiny. I hope she'll never, ever lose it. And I spotted her in church the next day, and I said, can I film you? And I filmed her on my mobile phone. Take a look at this little girl, five years old. This is
2: the day that the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. This is the best day of my life. This is my day of opportunity. I am who God says I am. I am excellent. I can do all things. I am above only. The favour of God surrounds me like a shield. I shall have favour wherever I go. I am prosperous in every area of my life. His goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It is well with me. I am more than a conqueror. I am like an eagle. I soar above all situations. I am strong. I am the light of the world. I am not a failure. I am a victor, not a victim. The blood of Jesus is my portion. the blood of Jesus will speak for me today. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 And
1: tell us what your name is and how old you are.
2: My name is Tien Togutlema Tebula. I am five years old.
1: Imagine that, kid. Imagine when I tell her the news, and I will. That thousands and thousands of people listen to her. I don't know who put that into that kid's life. That what what Peter was doing in this letter. He said, You're God's building. You are built on Jesus. You are living stones. All of you. The big ones and the small ones. The young ones and the old ones, the well ones and those with a disability single parent, mums and dads, and all kinds of people, rich and poor, you are all part of this building. You are sons and daughters of the living God. This is aspirational. Come, he said, to be that which you have been called to be. Now, I'm nearly done, but I've told you I've got a little brethren background, so I'm not a natural kind of, you know, easy guy. I can't dance, for example. But I want to try something I've never done before in my life, and you've got to help me, otherwise, I will never ever do it again. I like uh, preaching in Africa. I like speaking in black churches because they get excited a little and they yell at you when you're preaching. And they kind of, you know, eh? Tony Campbell talks a lot about that kind of thing. I want you to imagine this is a black church. In fact, I want you to imagine more than that. I want you to imagine this is a a black Pentecostal church. Ooh. Too much. No, no. More than that, I want you to imagine this is a, a black Pentecostal church. And every member has just drunk three cans of Red Bull. That is not alcohol. It's not alcohol. It's kind of full of caffeine. A black Pentecostal church. You've all had three cans of Red Bull. And I want you to go crazy and you must go crazy otherwise I will never ever do this again. I will have pauses where you can go crazy or go crazy where you want, it's completely up to you. Here we go. I am a child of the living God. My past is forgiven, my present is anointed, my future is certain. i have been saved i am being saved and one day i will be completely and utterly saved i have come thirsty i think i'll try and shake a little i have come thirsty to the one who gives living water i have come hungry to the bread of life the creator of the world has spoken into the darkness of my life let there be light My Shepherd is Jesus, my Counselor is the Spirit, and God is my Father. The life of Christ is my example, His death is my forgiveness, His resurrection is my hope. If you are able, and if you are not, just jiggle those wheelchairs, yeah, stand. To be honest this is going better than I thought it would. My weakness is his strength. My frailty is clothed in the potential of his power. My smallness is hidden in the greatness of my God. I am not all I shall be, but I am loved as I am. a pilgrim on a mission, I am a soldier in a war, I am running the greatest race a man or a woman could ever run. Death, death cannot and will not hold me. I am loved, I am loved, I am loved. I am a child of God. I am a living stone in the church of Jesus Christ, and on this I stand.